Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today's podcast number 1588. The topic is training and the title is How to Not Feel Beat Up. (laughs) So, how many people, when you kind of get through a week of training, you feel like you've absolutely gotten the crap kicked out of you and everything kind of hurts. And then hopefully by the end of the week, like the weekend, you feel better going into next week. But it isn't uncommon, unfortunately, for strength athletes or heavy kind of lifters, even if they do bodybuilding stuff, just people who lift heavy often, for them to feel beat up. And that goes for CrossFit, that goes for just people with high training volume, uh, you know, just in the gym a lot. It's it's very common, and again, it's unfortunate because it, it doesn't need to be, uh, but it's very common for people to feel beat up from their training. Now, I had a client example I just wanted to kind of talk through a little bit and then share what's been working for them. So, the client competes uh, powerlifting. They compete at 165 pounds, and we do squats and deadlifts regularly in training over 500 pounds. So, very strong, very strong human being. So, let's see, what is that? Like, I don't even know the math of, like, what that is percentage-wise. So, 500 divided by 165. So, they're they're deadlifting and squatting over three times their body weight pretty damn good (laughs) that's exceptional um now when we first started working together his shoulder was hurting so bad that he couldn't even bench press and he was about uh four weeks or so out from a meet that he needed to do well enough in to qualify for ipf worlds so he's like hey can you help (laughs) and i was like hell yeah so we started working together a couple like we got him ready for the meet. He did well. He qualified for IPF Worlds, was able to bench, got everything fixed, you know, doing well. And uh, he sent me an email. Now, we've been working since then. So it's been like three months. So we did the first four weeks just getting him ready and functional for that meet. He did well, hit his qualifier uh, total, did everything good. So now we're kind of working the last two months, a little bit of recovery from that meet. But then really now kind of building up, we have a testing meet uh, coming up. Well, anyhow, uh, so it's been really well. <laughs> so before I give you the rest of his schedule, which you don't need to know, <laughs> but he's kicking butt, doing really well, and he's excited for IPF Worlds. Now, he sent me an, an email a couple days ago, and I wanted to just share. He said, I don't believe in the physical therapist I'd been going to. You basically fixed my shoulder in four weeks while the stuff they had given me for months wasn't working at all. And that was pretty awesome. So that made me feel pretty good. And then he said, I'm happy with the progress I've made with you. It's nice to get strong and not feel so banged up anymore. Ah, that's amazing. To me, that's like the best feeling ever because the emotional and mental toll that feeling beat up all the time takes on you is just enormous. Like I've had some, you know, various injuries over my years, especially when I was younger and I was just trying to learn all this stuff, (laughs) you know, before I kind of know what I knew now. Uh, But is... It, it, having an injury just stinks and just feeling beat up all the time stinks. It's demotivating. And especially when you love to work out, but you're beat up, sore, nothing ever feels good. You, you Maybe you catch one good workout here or there. The rest of them, you're, you know, you're feeling do fluffy stuff because you can never actually do what you want to do because you always feel beat up. I mean, that just messes you up mentally and emotionally. So for him to say, It's nice to get strong and not feel so banged up anymore. Oh, that just makes me feel so good. (laughs) So good. Uh, You know, it's like winning the lottery. Um, Now, what I wanted to do in today's podcast was discuss what did we do? 
You know, how did, how did we get them to not feel banged up anymore? And how do I do this with all the clients I've ever worked with? So he is not the first person I've ever helped, uh, like save them before a power of the meet. Uh, it's happened a lot and, uh, I, I'm very blessed and I love the opportunity to do that because it's kind of a fun, like little, uh, test for me, but I have helped a lot of athletes with uh, rehab work. You know, they've gotten injured, couldn't figure out how to fix it through a friend of a friend of a friend. They got a hold of me, and we were able to fix them. You know, so I remember one client, they uh, tore both legs. They tore the hamstrings, had to get re reattached surgery to get the hamstrings reattached, and we were able to come back and beat their pre-injury squat and deadlift PRs. Pretty badass. I'm proud of myself for that one. <laughs> and I've had a lot of fun over the years uh, doing different things like that, being able to help people. And what makes it amazing is you know the emotional and mental benefit that that has for them. It's fun to make people strong, yeah. But I love the way that they're going to feel when they're strong. That's what makes me feel good. So what have we done in almost all these cases uh, is the first thing is nutrition. I know it's, I know, no, oh no, I know, I know. No one wants to do it. And everybody feels like they're doing the best they can given the stress and the schedule they have. But if you're not eating properly, nothing else you do will matter. It's through nutrition that your body makes the adaptations and changes and how it fixes tissues that are damaged. If you don't eat right, your body can't do a damn thing. You can have all the stimulus in the world to, to promote your body to make change. That's what training is. That's what rehab and therapy and stuff is. You can have all the stimulus for change, but if you don't have the nutritional support, then no change will happen. So nutrition 100% has to be the first place you look. But it doesn't have to be to eat boiled chicken and Brussels sprouts every meal. You know, you don't have to eat oats. I hate oats. Gosh dang. So <laughs> I ate enough oats in my life that I never want to eat them again. Because uh, when I first got into lifting and everything when I was 15, 16 years old, I loved bodybuilding. You know, I read all the bodybuilding magazines and all these powerlifters were drinking oats and shakes. So I drank oats and shakes and it's disgusting. Oh my God. Ugh. It's like little pieces of cardboard in water. Disgusting. But <laughs> I did it and that's what it needed to be done. But you don't need to do it that way. I've, I've now learned that that was unnecessary. Very frustrating <laughs> to learn that now, but it's unnecessary. So for nutrition, really what I promote with people to do we have to have consistent calories. So a lot of times the, the active people that I work with, the, the people who want to be their best in life, they're often, they think of food as secondary. They're so damn busy and they got a million one things to do. Food is annoying. It's, it's annoying to stop and eat. So they tend not to. <laughs> so most people I work with when they're in this camp, like they're feeling beat up, they train a lot, they're super active, uh, they undereat. So we have to get their calories on point. Now, if you want to do this for yourself, you 100% can. Podcast 1,232 is our nutrition podcast titled Start Here. It tells you step by step by step how to set up your own nutrition program. I'm actually going to be putting a summary of that, doc, that podcast with the podcast link on our website. I'm hoping to do that today, maybe tomorrow. Uh, but it'll be up there. So I, I, it is 100% where you have to start. If you try, if you don't do this and you do everything else in the podcast, I tell you, it will have minimal effect. If you don't control your calories and protein, nothing else you do will really make much of a difference. Certainly not much of a difference long term. You might have a temporary benefit and then all of a sudden all your feelings of feeling beat up are going to come back again. 
So you have to start with calories. Podcast 1,232. You can find all of our podcasts on our website, www.brutalironjim.com. It'll tell you how to figure out your calories. You have to have your calories within the proper range, and it has to be consistent. You know, six out of seven days a week. Really try to be on point with that. Protein. You got to have 0.6 grams per pound of body weight as a ridiculously absolute minimum. Absolute minimum. And that's for people if they don't even lift weights. <laughs> so if you're lifting weights, you need to be up around like one gram per pound of lean body weight. I have some athletes and people I work with, we go up to 1.25 grams per pound of lean body weight. I have gone higher. I don't like promoting that because it's often unnecessary. But around one gram per pound of lean body weight or up to 1.25 grams, especially if you're super lean, if you can see your abs, um, that's going to be a really good range for you. Once you have your calories and your protein total and you're hitting those totals every day, so six out of seven days, you're hitting the totals. You're hitting the range of calories you need, the range of protein that you need. The next thing is look at the distribution. At least, at, at worst, have everything split out into thirds. A third of your calories and protein in the first one-third of the day of being awake, the second one-third of your calories and protein in the second one-third of being awake, the final one-third of your calories and protein in the final one-third of being awake. When you get good at that, Overwhelmingly, for most people, that'll fix everything. <laughs> Don't worry about anything else. But if you want to, you can get into distribution where we kind of mix things up a little bit and we do um, half quarter quarter. So in the one-third time block that the person works out, they should have half of their calories and protein. Then in the other thirds of the day, they should have a quarter of their calories and proteins and a quarter of their calories and proteins. If you get that, you're going to be freaking awesome. There's absolutely very minimal else that you'll need to worry about, except for situational or individual dependent things like watching cholesterol, sugar intake, and blah, blah, blah. So overwhelmingly, most people, if you're feeling beat up, the number one contributor that if you're not paying attention to, it could be contributing, is your calories or protein distribution to your nutrition. Second thing is as equal of importance is hydration if you're dehydrated it's like taking a piece of steak and what happens when you dehydrate a piece of steak it turns into beef jerky do you want your muscles to move and feel like beef jerky no <laughs> that's not going to feel pretty good you're going to have a lot of joint annoyance so you have to focus on hydration you should have a minimum minimum of 0.5 times your body weight in ounces of fluid a day so if you weigh 200 pounds, you should have at least 100 ounces of fluid. We go for the range of 0.5 to 1 times your body weight in, in ounces. Now, again, this is like lean body weight. So if you weigh 250, but you're like, I can't see my abs, uh, probably if I had a six-pack, probably would weigh around 200. Then you should use the number 200. So it's lean body weight. But nutrition, calories, protein, distribution, and then hydration are by far the first things that I, I check on anybody I work with. I don't even, I, I literally don't ask them anything else until I ask them that. <laughs> so they'll tell me like, here's a squat video, here's this, this is my whole training program. I immediately answer them back, I go, what are you eating? <laughs> I don't even address the things they sent me until I figure out what they're eating and how much they drink. So that's definitely the first places to look. Now, the next things we look at in programming are kind of like programming elements. There should be a proper movement preparation to, their, to your workout. If you just go into the gym and you start squatting or you start benching or you start deadlifting, that's the first thing you do, you've, you've screwed up. <laughs> so we got to fix that. you gotta, you got you to get your body ready to move. There are, uh, like, I could, stand, I could sit here and do an hour of the benefits of warm-ups. So podcast 1,112, so 1112, 1,112. Again, you can find it on our website. 
is a training podcast titled The Best Warm-Up Routine. It'll tell you everything I'm about to tell you, so that way you don't have to try to memorize everything and write it all down. But you got to prep the body. you got to prepare the body to, to move. Now, one of the reasons that people just under like underappreciate is blood flow to the joints and then chemical kind of production. You produce more adrenaline and endorphins. Endorphins are natural painkillers. Adrenaline is natural aggression and focus. When you do a proper warm-up, you increase the production of adrenaline and endorphins in the warm-up. So then when you go to the main lift, you feel laser-focused in. Pain tolerance is really good. So you don't feel how heavy everything is. You don't kind of freak out and get that subconscious like protective mechanisms when you get to your heavier weight loads as much. So there are so many benefits other than just, you know, stretching some muscles. You know, if you think a warm-up is just a couple stretches, you've missed the mark. Warm-up is way more detailed than that. And that's often another thing that when people come to me and they're beat up, this is what they're missing. They're either not warming up at all or they're doing some weird, like, like CrossFit, they almost do way too damn much as their warm-up. Powerlifters don't do a damn thing. Bodybuilders, very minimal. Uh, sometimes they'll do a little bit of abs and like a, a you know an adductor stretch, and then they go into their main lifts. So there's more complexity to that. So podcast 1112 will tell you everything I'm about to tell you. But when we do a proper warm-up, you want to focus on shoulders, core, and hips. Those are pretty much the areas that if they're not feeling primed and ready to go, if anything feels uneven in terms of muscular tightness, that's going to jack up your joints really fast. So that's where you're going to feel that kind of beat up feeling is when you started into a workout and your shoulders weren't fully ready or your hips weren't fully ready or you have just improper hip tilt positioning, which is somewhat corrected depending on what you do by core work. So shoulders, core, and hips is definitely where you should focus. Shoulders, like for this client, I had him do, you can look on YouTube. If you search on YouTube, everything I'm about to say. <laughs> so get on YouTube, search this, and you want to search Brutal Iron Gym Band Routine for General Shoulder Therapy. It's a variation of something I stole from Louis Simmons from Westside Barbell. Uh, very smart man. <laughs> um, it's, again, Brutal Iron Gym Band Routine for General Shoulder Therapy. I had the client do this as their warm-up, and then we started to use it as just kind of part of their cool-down or kind of in the middle of the workout when I knew they might need a little bit of a breather before they move on to the next thing. But that routine will help balance out uh, imbalances you have strength bracing and stabilizing wise uh, in the shoulders and the musculature connected to the shoulders so awesome 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 routine absolutely awesome then we also do a lot of lower trap work especially powerlifters they'll tend to have very strong and dominant upper traps like trapezius your trapezius muscle is a muscle on your upper back uh, it's a lot bigger than you probably think it is so you might want to like google the anatomy of the trapezius muscle uh, but a lot of people are overdeveloped in the upper part of the traps and they're underdeveloped in the lower part of the traps so we do a lot of like ytw variations a lot of scapular retractions thoracic drills a lot of things that will promote uh, shoulder blade movement and strengthening of the lower trapezius and rhomboids to balance out um, the musculature strength and tightnesses that are related to shoulder blade movement. That alleviates an enormous amount of shoulder, elbow, and wrist pain. 
And then we also do kind of chest release uh, work. So if somebody has really tight chest muscles, that'll jack up their shoulder health as well. Uh, you can do a Google search, I mean YouTube search of Brutal Iron Gym lacrosse ball chest. And it's a little quick drill you can do for 30 seconds to use a lacrosse ball, which are super cheap. You can just get them on Amazon for like three bucks. Uh, use a lacrosse ball to open up fibers of your chest muscles. So... We do a lot of kind of corrective therapy, in a sense, uh, for shoulder work. And that really helped this client. We were able to bench, and now they're doing fine. So core work, we do a lot of planks for strength athletes. Um, I tend to do anti-movement work with strength athletes, especially strongmen, where we do anti-rotation, anti-flexion, anti-extension. We do a lot of core work that they're the core challenge is to not move from a neutral position, neutral spine position. So that's going to be what they need to do when they're doing their big heavy uh, movements and events. So why not train that? You know, if you have an aesthetic based athlete, then we do a lot of uh, extension flexion because you want to now depends on if they want the deep muscle bellies of the abs. Um, now, that could be male or female, but if you want to see the bumps of your abs, you do have to do some extension flexion. If you don't want to see the bumps in your abs, then basic no, like non-movement work, but uh, specific to the rectus abdominis, the uh, six-pack, not the obliques. Uh, that will help uh, strengthen the core, but make sure you don't build out those muscles. And then we do a lot of hip mobility. A lot of people, they have tight glutes, especially the internal glute muscles like piriformis. Uh, they have tight adductors, tight hamstrings, so we got to loosen all that stuff up. If you go through and you do a proper movement prep, it, it takes anywhere from like 8 to 12 minutes. You really don't need to take much longer than that unless you're learning the movements or taking extended rest periods. But 8 to 12 minutes is totally plenty enough to have your shoulders, core, and hips ready to go. You then go into the major movements. Depending on how jacked up somebody is, I sometimes will carry over the corrective exercise elements related to that lift and have them pair that with the warm-ups of that lift. So if they have bench press, I might do some extra work on tight chest, like tight chest muscles. If they have squats, I might do some extra work on loosening the adductors to help them maintain better heel pressure on the descent. We also, maybe if they're doing deadlift, maybe I'll have them loosen up some hamstring work, maybe work on some hip flexors, make sure their hips can get in the proper position whether they're doing sumo or conventional. So we'll do some type of corrective exercise work specific to the main lift paired with the warm-ups of the main lift. So that, again, is if somebody's really jacked up, that's a great place to add just more elements. And then I have people do accessories. Yes, I know. Some of you power lifters are like, what the hell is that? Uh, but accessories are things you do after the main lift. Some people do things after the main lift. <laughs> Sound like a jackass today. But accessory lifts is basically just anything you do after the main lift of the day. So if you're um, you know, CrossFit athlete, maybe you have your strength component, and then you're going to do things afterwards as part of like a Metcon, or maybe you do some things that are specific to trying to build up you know, a major lift if you know that that's a strength issue. Uh, bodybuilders, you might come in, you have, even if you have some pre-exhaust, you're going to do some of that work, but then there's like a main thing for the day that you probably want to do really well at. You know, and that can be what you would consider your main lift. But what you do after the main lift, the main focus is to balance your imbalances. So you want to find where things are not equal and then work to make them equal. So if a person has really strong quads and you did a squat workout, well, then the squats are probably enough for quad strength continuation, <laughs> you know, stimulus. So then you do a lot of hamstring and glute work after squats. 
you know, if the person hasn't done a lot of like, like back work, maybe they're, you know, bench specialist and they just bench, 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 bench. And you see like, okay, they do three or four presses, but they do one back movement. Well, we're about to flip that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden their accessories are a ton of pool movements. You know, if the person has like hip shifting or they're really lower back dependent in their squats and deadlifts, then maybe their accessories is a lot of unilateral work where it's uh, front loaded or it revolve involves like an uprighted torso. That's going to help focus more on leg development, help focus more on glutes, on balancing side to side and balances. So the idea of accessories is to find what does that person suck at and then make them do a lot more of it. <laughs> now I try to do that in ways that don't feel you know unbelievably depressing I want them to have fun and find unique ways which is one of the reasons why I switch up all my clients I switch up all their training every four weeks so they get brand new exercises every four weeks because if you are doing stuff that you're not that great at and that's not comfortable and you're not excited by it you don't want to beat that to death you don't want to do an 8-12 to 12 week program of things you don't like so Giving them a couple weeks to practice it and then push themselves on it. Then we go to a new thing. They practice it. They push themselves. We go to a new thing. And that just makes it a little more exciting and fun as they try to grind through building up those weaknesses month by month. But that is essentially the steps that we would take to help somebody not feel beat up. Is we check their nutrition. How, you know, what is their calories, protein, and distribution? Make sure we get that on point. We check their hydration. Are they drinking at least, at minimum, uh, 0.5 times their lean body weight in ounces of fluid a day. You can try to work on sleep. You know, if you if they have an, an ability to address sleep issues, that's a great thing to look up and, uh, you know, kind of uh, work at. We do have a podcast on sleep, so that way if you want to learn more about, like, what would be things you can look at for that, is we have podcast 1,149. It's a mindset podcast titled Creating a Healthier Sleep Pattern. So you can look into that. Also, stress. If a person's crazy stressed, then I typically will reduce their overall training volume because they're going to have limited capacity in stress management and stress ability and stress response. So if they're crazy high stress, we usually bring their training down a little bit. You can also work to manage their stress. You know, imagine that. And uh, that's part of just coaching beyond just nutrition and training programming. But I think it's extremely helpful. You know, if, if you can help people better implement the training and nutrition programs, then they're going to get better results. So one of our um, good podcasts for stress is 1,100, I mean, I'm sorry, 1,023. It's a mindset podcast titled Stress Management Options and Priorities. It's a very good one. I definitely would suggest that one. And then we do what we said for the training element. So you have a movement preparation part of the workout. Again, it only needs to be 8 to 12 minutes. You add in corrective exercises if that will help. Uh, if, you're feeling, if you're feeling really beat up, you can add in corrective exercise elements uh, paired with the warm-ups of their main lift. And then you can also do accessory work. Make sure you're balancing the imbalances. You know, if you find things that you don't commonly do or if you find things that you're not that great at, try to spend a little more time doing that. You know, trying to balance the front side and back side of the body, trying to balance different planes of movement. Make sure that you just feel as if you have no weaknesses. That would be the goal. Try to be weak at nothing. And that'll help a lot. Okay, so give all those 
things to try. You know, if you need any help with coaching, of course, we do our one-on-one coaching, online coaching. I'll help you with that. Uh, where I do your training and nutrition, I write everything out for you, and we communicate every single week, and that's what I'm doing with this client. And as you can see, it works well. <laughs> we also have one-on-one coaching for nutrition only. So if you have a training program you like, but you don't know the nutrition part yet, I'll help you with just nutrition. And then we have our live monthly programming service. You can learn all about these services on our website, www.brutalinergym.com. The live monthly programming is a low-cost way to get awesome programming, and then one-on-one education education with that programming, which is amazing, amazing service. So all these services have different prices. That way people can afford something. (laughs) So check out our website if you want to learn more about the ways in which that I could possibly help. Okay, well, if you have any questions, feedback, suggestions, anything you want to know, let me know on my email, brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like today's podcast, share the podcast. When you share it, let people know that we answer questions for free. That's the whole point of the podcast is just help people live their healthiest and happiest life. And then thank you to those who donate to support the podcast so we can do that. <laughs> I appreciate that. You can donate on our website. Even just $5 a month, it's, it helps a lot to help cover some of the hosting costs that are every year. That's a lot. Uh, and then it just helps go towards the time committed and all that stuff. So I really appreciate the donations. It really helps make this more of a uh, reasonable business decision (laughs) to do this every day. But I really appreciate it. So thank you to those who do that. I genuinely appreciate it. If you like the information we share in our podcast, you can find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram every day, YouTube a lot. Uh, So find us and follow us under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful. And thank you for listening.